1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Ms. Monique Samuels.
0: Hey, so happy to be here.
1: (laughs) What is going on? How are you today? everything.
0: Everything's going on. (laughs) Never slowing down over here.
1: (laughs) There's a lot going on. Um, What have you been up to these days?
0: Oh, man, Mila Eve Essentials has been keeping me quite busy outside of my husband and my kids and my parrot. Uh, so it's my essential oils and products line that I launched uh, this year, and it's been doing amazing. I'm talking about orders coming in every day. I've been working on a very creative project called Binder Time Stories based off of my shady binder from season five reunion. Um, and so many other things.
1: (laughs) We're going to talk about all of that, because I've got a lot of questions about this current binder project for you. Okay. (laughs) But I feel like here's how I look at it. We can't get to the present until we deal with the past. Now, the second time you come on, Monique, we don't have to go back anymore, because we will have already let everyone hear this. So we'll start at the beginning for a minute, and then I do have a lot of questions about this Finder and I saw the trailer and I'm so excited so I have to ask you all about that but here's my question when you started like when you were first joined the housewives let's go way back did you know what you were getting yourself into like did you watch the housewives before
0: you know what's funny I have watched housewives since OC started so many years ago and then I went to Atlanta and then I, I you know New York New Jersey I've been watching for years but I still had no idea what I was getting involved in It was way beyond my imagination and a lot more work and time than I thought. I had a whole new level of respect for anybody dealing with reality TV.
1: So like even watching it, you didn't realize it was like shooting all day.
0: Yes. And just the, oh man, just the way that you're in whatever scene for hours and then that's chopped down to three to five minutes is just like, wow. (laughs) So yeah, I had no idea.
1: Did you know, because you know Housewives, you've watched the drama, but I guess when you're in it, were you just shocked at like, to what extent certain people will go to create drama?
0: You know, I wasn't completely unaware simply because I come from the NFL world. So I was used to petty people and people starting, you know, ridiculous arguments or, you know, just being immature. So I was used to that. I'm used to confrontation. So all of that, I was like, oh, I can handle that. That's no problem. But it was just the time... Uh, it was how much time it consumed and the fact that I had young kids. Um, It was very difficult. And I wasn't, I didn't have a nanny until I joined Housewives. So, and I only got a nanny because I had no choice. I had to have someone take care of my kids while I'm out filming all day.
1: Yeah. What about, so let's put season five aside for a minute. Did you have any fun seasons two through four?
0: Oh, my favorite was definitely my first season. Really? It, It was the most fun because I was completely unaware. So you're just living your best life and you're just like, oh, whatever. And then once the season airs, you're like, wait, that didn't happen like that. Or <laughs> then it's like, oh man, okay. I gotta be a little bit more guarded now. And, and then just you know, just having to be defensive when you walk into a room, you already know, all right, one of these women are gonna start some petty behind argument with me. You know, it kind of gets old after a while. So I would have to say that my first season was my favorite because it was the most fun because it was new.
1: Do you think that's kind of like a housewife's rite of passage? Because a lot of people have a, most people have a pretty easy, if you will, first season with air quotes.
0: Yeah. First season is always the easiest to me. Um, Trying to learn the nature of the business is probably the most difficult thing. Um, Having all these random people in your house and you're just like, wait, who are you? uh, You know, the whole crew and just the whole rush of it all. Um, it's very new. So it's just like any new relationship when you have the butterflies and then after a year or two, it's like, okay.
1: (laughs) See, at least you could say you had fun like those first, or at least the first season. What about, you know, to that extent, do you think, you know, now that you're on the other side of it, do you want to take someone like Wendy and say, honey, beware?
0: Um, I would have, but you know, she'll do whatever she wants to do. She doesn't listen. So (laughs) I tried to warn her during the season. I was like, girl, if you say something, make sure you remember what you said. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that, that happened that we weren't able to see, but it's just funny. Um, always watching a new person and just kind of want, wanting to, you know, kind of protect them. Like, Hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. Um, but yeah, no, she, she got it. She can, she can handle it. I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Do you think she's going to be in culture shock season two? Because listen, let's face it. Whoever came in last season or anything, really, it was all B storyline. You know what I mean? Like in a way, because of what was going on with you and Candace kind of gave Wendy a really easy first season.
0: Yeah. She may have an easy second season as well, but I will say the second season is usually the hardest because normally the first season you're pretty much putting it all out there. The fans and viewers are watching the show and they pretty much know you. Now they're looking at you like, all right, what more do you have to offer? But in my opinion, I don't really feel like we really got to know Wendy as much as we could have um, her first season because of all that happened between Candace and I. So I think the second season, it may not be as difficult for her. Her third season will probably be the one where she's like, whoa, what is going on?
1: Right, she's like, how did this happen? Well, what a season, Monique, right? Yes. I mean, are you just like, wake up every day and say, I mean, life is good now? Do you just feel like such a weight has lifted off your shoulders?
0: Absolutely. As soon as I made the decision to quit, I woke up that morning and I felt so good about it. It was just like, yeah, I'm done. And I felt very confident about it. Every year I say I want to quit. And that's just being quite honest because it's very stressful. And I'm not used to dealing with high-stress environments. I'm a very bubbly person, naturally. And I'm always trying to see the positives and everything. Um, So every year, I would say, yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm done. But this time felt different. I really felt like I was completely done. I had nothing left to give. And I felt completely just disrespected. And um, I'm not going to be used and abused. and, And then you expect me to just come back. Like, you know. So I just felt in my spirit, like, yeah. It's, it's time to go.
1: Did you have you and nothing, you had no second thoughts? Like after that, like there was never a day where you're like, oh, I hear they're filming down the street or no, nothing like that. Not
0: at all. I don't even miss it. (laughs) I actually like poking fun about it. I don't mind talking about it. The fact that I don't have to deal with it anymore. I just feel so relieved, you know? So I don't know how some of these housewives can stay in the game for, you know, 10 plus years. Kudos to them. Um, But you don't really realize the full amount of stress that you're putting on yourself until you walk away. So a lot of those wives, once they do retire, they're really gonna feel a lot of the weight of it all. Um, But yeah, it's it's high stress, it's very intense. So I'm just happy to be done.
1: (laughs) It is, it's like you're being paid to fight, really.
0: And you're being paid to be completely manipulated and used to however they want to tell your story. So you have no freedom in that regard. So um, that's also tough because you'll see things and you're like, wait, that's not how that happened. Or that's not what I said or what I meant. They totally took that left field. And then you're painted in a different um, light to the viewers than what you really are.
1: Right. Now I always say in my next lifetime, I'm going to come back and start a housewife's consulting business. Cause I know how this works. Like I, I want to talk to people before. Yes. And give advice during, you and I can start it together. And then afterwards, but you realize this, it's only been, you know, a few seasons. Like, do you think like all these other housewives from all these franchises realize it? I mean, and they just turn a blind eye or just some just not get it and they just don't want to, you know, cause they, I, I agree with what you said.
0: Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of that, really. And it's different for each person. Some people can just deal with the stress. Some people like it. They like the drama. They like those intense moments. Um, and they really thrive. So that's that's to each its own. I just I just know for me personally, it's not something that is something I could do forever because it's just too much. You know, I like to be happy. Um, I have, I have certain morals for me, and I have certain boundaries and limits for me personally that I know. Um, you know, when it's it's off limits, it's off limits, and I mean that. Um, I think sometimes some of the women will say, "Here's my bo- my boundary." But then they'll cross it. And once you cross it and they see it and they know that this was a boundary that they said they would never do. And now they did it. Now they know they can take you and use you for whatever they want. And you'll stick around. Um, the thing about housewives is it, it it can become addictive because you go from living this normal life to being a superstar. You know, people are all over social media, following you, commenting about your life. You're hearing your name mentioned and you're on the news and in press. So for some people, they may look at that as something that's hard to walk away. I always tell my husband that he was on the job training because watching him as an NFL player, seeing him in the press and in the media and people coming up to him asking for autographs or pictures, it wasn't new for me. So I wasn't, I wasn't just so excited like, oh, wow, people know who I am. It was just like, okay, this is nice. I've seen this before.
1: So you never went, you know, I mean, I agree with everything you said, like, so you never went down that road of like, you know, I'm Monique Samuels, look at me, like, you know, which I is never, easy to go down, you know, I'm, there's, yeah, there's I'm, no shade.
0: Right. I'm not feeling myself like that. <laughs> you know, I'm always in awe when people come up to me. And they're like, oh my God, Monique, can I have a picture? Or if I'm just engaging with someone on social media and they're like, wow, she responded. I'm like, I'm nobody. <laughs> I'm just me, you know? So it, it always has me in awe and I'm always very humbled by it. And I'm grateful, um, but I won't ever let it get to my head.
1: That's good. Did your husband, like did Chris not want you, you know, just having been in the public eye, did he not want you to join the show? Like, how was that discussion? It's funny.
0: He actually encouraged me to do it. So he was like, at first I was the one saying, no, I don't think I want to do reality TV. I enjoy watching it, but I don't know about living it. And he was like, look, this could be great for your brand. Because at the time I had Not For Lazy Moms. So that's my parenting uh, website, which turned into a podcast. So he said, this will be great exposure for your business. And I was like, you know what? Okay, maybe I can do this.
1: <laughs> and I want to talk about that too, Not For Lazy Moms. I mean, Because in that sense, it is good exposure for the business.
0: Yes. I don't think anyone should join Housewives unless they have a platform that they're trying to promote. Because otherwise, why would you do it? You're paying for most of the production, um, especially your first and second season. You're not really making any money. you know. So um, if you're not trying to promote a brand and, and wanting that to take off and build in building your platform, there's really no other reason to do it unless you're just a fame whore. <laughs>
1: well, I- <laughs> It's kind of, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like first year, what? You make like $60,000, right? When you're done with- Not hair.
0: even. My first season, no. Not even.
1: Really? I you made-
0: spent more on my wardrobe and makeup than I made that season. I mean, my light bill went up and that, yeah, that check wasn't anything. I think I, it was 12 episodes. Let me do the math. I'm gonna tell you how much I made my first Yeah, year. I'm
1: so curious. Because I've heard 60 from so many people.
0: It's different for every franchise. I made, hold on.
1: Yeah, I'm so curious.
0: I made $42,000. That's what I made my first season. And and then you have to deduct your legal fees from that. So I walked away with nothing my first season. I don't think I even really made money until my third season, you know, so.
1: That's what I would have yeah, thought. It's like once- like
0: pennies. And then you also have to take into account you're paying for the production so like when they come and they're setting up all their lights my my uh electricity bill shoots up they're here all the time and then any events and parties that you're having like you're you're paying for everything you have to go shopping to get new clothes and you know you have to pay for your glam your makeup artist your hairstylist that are coming constantly oh man i spent way more than i made my first season for sure
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I, the clothes alone, you know, you don't want to wear the same thing. And I mean, they don't want you to wear the same thing anyway. Right. (laughs) Do they pay though for like reunion dresses? Cause like they come up with a color and the reunion look you still have to, so they say the color is yellow, go get a yellow dress. Yes. And they
0: like to see options. So confessional outfits, reunion press, that's all out of your pocket. And reunion gowns are expensive. I mean, you're not, just putting on some random $200 dress, you know? So like my reunion gowns could be as much as $5,000 because you want to look good and you want to make sure you're wearing a nice gown. Most gowns are up in price as it is, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's it. I mean, because the salary is what it is, I would say most people join Housewives, especially if they don't have a business to promote for the fame, right? Wouldn't you agree?
0: I would agree. I would agree.
1: Are you guys as confused about me regarding all the contradictory information out there about how to eat healthy? Just cut out carbs and that's healthy eating. Reduce your salt, that's healthy eating. Don't eat after 6 p.m., that's healthy eating. Well, what if I go to bed at 4 a.m.? Am I still not supposed to eat after 6 p.m.? So confusing. Enter Noom. Noom makes sense because it is based in psychology. It teaches you What to eat and how to eat it to accomplish your personal health goals. They look long term. It's not about that one thing you just ate now, it's about long term and changing your eating habits. And that is why for me, Noom worked. When I started using Noom, my goal was to eat better, to feel better, to understand my cravings, to have more energy, fit it in with some exercise. And really just reduce the stress in my life. And Noom accomplished all of that. What I love is it teaches you about eating. It doesn't just say eat this and eat that. It takes 10 minutes a day. It's so easy to use. You log your food. It's nice to see the progress. You log your food and see the progress as you chart it. And it really works with my lifestyle because I'm so freaking busy. It's not like a rigorous plan. It's just changes my habits overall. It's based in psychology. It makes complete sense. And here's the thing. They're a very forgiving program. So if you cheat today, we can't turn the clock back. It's okay. These guys are great to deal with. And they're so much fun to deal with. And it has really changed how I eat. Now, here's the deal. Noom, N-O-O-M. Sign up for your trial today at noom, with an M, dot com slash velvet. Yes, you can sign up for your trial today at noom, N-O-O-M, as in Mary, dot com slash velvet. Trust me, there's a science to getting healthier. It's called Noom. I feel better. I have more energy and I see the results. And I just, this is a lifestyle change. Noom.com slash velvet, sign up for your trial today. Which that's a whole, I don't know what that means about our society, but <laughs> who were you most disappointed with this past season? Like, as this all played out, like, it's just as far as castmates, like, who really disappointed? Oh, gosh.
0: would say everybody except for karen and ashley (laughs) they were the only ones that were willing to hear both sides um it was just i guess the thing for me is for there to be a sisterhood or especially a group of black women you would think that somebody would have the decency to say hey let's bring these two women together let's figure this out let's work this out let's let's you know let's show people that you can go through something crazy and the group of us, all of us together, can get through it. But it turned into a, all right, let's alienate her, let's get her off the show, let's 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 just dig her grave twelve feet deeper, um, and then yeah. team up and do it. You know, so it was just, you know, it was it was very sad to see women take that as an opportunity um, to make it about themselves versus making it about uh, the women that were involved in the incident and even better for the show, you know, it would be a much better show to show people, Hey, we went through this crazy situation. Here's how we worked it out. Here's how we were able to get on the other side.
1: Yeah. Are you still like, you're still in touch with like Karen and Ashley?
0: Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. I still talk to my girls. (laughs) And I
1: assume those are the only two people from that cast that you speak to.
0: Yes. And I already told them if they have different events, don't invite me if cameras are going to be around. (laughs) So I told me, I'm going to have to forgive me. I might miss something very important, but I will support you from a distance.
1: I don't blame you. I don't think anyone could blame you. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how that would look. You're going to show up and get mic'd and there's going to be the same producers and.
0: I'm not working for free. (laughs) And um, it's not that I'm mad at the producers. I mean, the field producers, they're, they were amazing. They were great. Um, I do miss some of them. Yeah, so so it's, it's pretty cool to just kind of like watch from afar. I prefer this distance.
1: <laughs> Has anyone checked in with you, like a Karen or an Ashley, and like, oh man, this is a hard season, like what, what they're filming now?
0: No, I, I tell them I don't really want to talk about the show. So when we talk, we're talking about everything other than.
1: That's great. I, I really
0: don't even care to hear about it, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, just keep my name out your mouth. Um, don't mention me, please, and thank you. And that's it.
1: Do you think you're, do you think you are being mentioned by others?
0: I I don't know. I'm sure in the beginning, there will probably be some mention just because it's like, okay, she's not here anymore. Um, If they just acted like I never existed, I would be happy. (laughs) But um, who knows? I mean, I guess people will see once season six rolls out. Um, But yeah, I just want to be done. Like, just leave me alone.
1: I mean, I don't blame you. (laughs) What about, you know, when this, this whole situation, this whole rumor that was out there, you know, okay, so it escalated. Like, who do you blame more? Like, do you blame the girls or do you blame, like, production and, like, the manipulation from behind the scenes?
0: The rumor about the trainer? Yes. No, so let me tell you, it wasn't a rumor that was going around in Potomac. It was something that was specifically brought to production by an ex-friend of mine. So she, I don't know, I still to this day don't know what her reason or what her point was for doing that. Um, It's not true. It wasn't a rumor going around Potomac. It wasn't anything like that. It was literally brought as a storyline to make me look bad or discredit me in my my marriage. So um, I blame, definitely I blame Giselle. She's the only person that talked about it the whole darn show. You know, you see her in every confessional just talking about it. Um, If she really wanted to have a conversation about it, she would have brought it up to my face. But she purposely waited when I wasn't around to discuss it with whomever. And obviously nobody would really discuss it with her. That's why it was always her in her confessional, talking about it by herself. You know, so she's just a hateful, bitter, miserable person with a wrinkled neck, so. And then,
1: well, I mean, I imagine your friend might have brought it to producers, I was just thinking, because she wants it on the show herself, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She wanted to be on the show. She wanted it to be a part of her storyline. She wanted that to be her segue in, I guess, so that she could do whatever and maybe become a housewife. Who knows? Um, But she went to every last producer. She went to every last cast member uh, trying to pitch a story. And the story that she initially was pitching was that I had a miscarriage in 2017. She was telling everybody that my miscarriage was an abortion. That's what the rumor actually was, that she started initially. Then it turned into this whole trainer thing after uh, people found out I was pregnant with my my third child. So, yeah, she it was just nasty. It was very disgusting. And obviously, they didn't go that route because, I mean, you put that on TV, people are going to really be uh, pissed at the network and production. So they just made it into this whole, like, okay, she's cheating rumor. Um, but, yeah, it's just ridiculous and – You can't even get upset. People are scrambling for coins these days and they just want to be relevant and have something to talk about on TV.
1: People are fame whores. Yeah. It's, are you then like shocked that producers are, I mean, I guess they probably were salivating. Like, okay, we just have, we have a season now. Like they, you know, I mean, it's on them, right?
0: They they had known about this for two years. So even while we were filming season four, initially, the network and production said, we don't want to touch this. This is disgusting. This is nasty. There is no proof to anything that's being said. So they stayed away from it. So I don't know what happened season five. I guess they just figured, all right, we're going to just take her all the way down. We're going to spread lies about her and her family. You know, the whole altercation happened. We're going to kick her while she's 12 feet deep. (laughs) So it was just, man, it was an attack.
1: (laughs) What about... You know, because I know when this was going on, like, did you ever think of just, like, I'm out? I mean, like, you know, you're three episodes in for, like, were you gonna, did you ever think of quitting during, I mean, no one would blame you for thinking of quitting during season five when all this was happening.
0: Yeah, well, honestly, I didn't know about any of the rumors being discussed that they created. I didn't know about any of that stuff being talked about until I watched the season. So after the fight, I actually requested to be released from my contract two days later. I actually emailed Bravo Legal and said, listen, I'll let me know what I need to do to be released from my contract. And we, uh, we ended up having a talk and I did not want to be penalized if I did not participate in any all cast events because honestly, I did not feel comfortable. Um, a person who can throw or not throw, but a person who can hit me in my face with a glass and use that as a weapon, what happens if I say something that she doesn't like? She's going to hit me over the head with a bottle. I wasn't willing to put myself in a position to be harmed. Um, so I was like, look, I'll finish out the season, but I don't want to be around any of those women.
1: Was Bravo understandable or was it the typical let's push back? And, I don't know. know.
0: They were understanding. And they said, okay, if you don't want to go on all cast trip, and if you don't want to be in any all cast events, we won't force you to be. And they said, okay, we'll just keep following your story outside of the group. And I'll film with who I felt comfortable filming with, which was Karen and Ashley. And that was that.
1: Well, that was good at least. Yeah. Were you shocked at, you know, when this finally came out? You know, there was a lot of public support for you. You know, I mean, I don't really get into, because of what I do, team this and team that, but there was this thing, like, to your point. So I guess, A, were you disappointed, like, to your point earlier that it really came to this, instead of changing the narrative and making it, like, maybe we could have overcome this and shown a group of women that had something, and now we're in a different place, that, like, the world kind of went to this team A or B? And a lot of people were, Team Monique, were you surprised and like, I guess that must have felt good, right?
0: I mean, I was grateful for the support, absolutely. I just hated that it caused the fans and viewers to feel like they were divided. You know, it, it made it such a way where they felt they had to choose. And to me, that shouldn't be what our narrative should be about, is forcing someone to make a decision that involves other people's lives. It should be more so let's come together and let's hope that they can figure it out. So it created a lot of division and I wasn't happy about that.
1: Was it clear, like as you were filming this, like this was gonna be the narrative? Like, I mean, I know it happens, but like to your point, editing is a lot. Like, could you tell this was it? Like this was the storyline? Like,
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Because every time I filmed after that, that's all they wanted to talk about. Um, And every time I filmed, I talked about what I wanted to talk about, which was the fact that Candace took this as an opportunity to try to sue me civilly. She wanted to sue me civilly. And and her and her attorney threatened me, basically, if I didn't participate in whatever civil uh, suit that they were looking to get or whatever money they wanted, then they were going to file a complaint. And we were in talks with them. My attorney kept suggesting that we do mediation. Um, they kept turning mediation down and next thing we know after they asked for money again and we said we're not paying you a dime um, if you sustained any injuries you we ne- you need to go seek workman's comp <laughs> you know so we're not paying you anything then all of a sudden they filed the complaint and I find out via a news reporter that I had charges pressed against me so um, they didn't even tell us like okay we're gonna a different route, nothing. They just wanted to do what they wanted to do. So every time I discussed that on camera, um, they didn't show any of that. They didn't want to talk about the fact that Candace wanted money from me.
1: Because that would, in a way, yeah, and I guess that wouldn't break the fourth wall. So I guess th- there was a way they could have done that.
0: Absolutely. If they could talk about legal stuff and showing her go to the courthouse. Um, they wanted me to go to the courthouse on camera. They wanted me to sit down with my attorney on camera. And I said, no, this is legal matter. I cannot do that. Uh, I won't do that. And I'm not participating with that. If she wants that to be her storyline, that's fine. I have other things that I can talk about. Life still goes on. Cover this, cover me still being a mom and a wife and still running my businesses after something crazy happening in my life. But they didn't want to see that.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm... How optimistic of you that you feel in season five that that's still a, not a possibility after all this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they want to see that. Nah. Did you ever think of just paying Candace like when she was demanding this money and just no?
0: I would pay my attorney millions of dollars before I gave her a penny.
1: <laughs> I guess it. it
0: took. She was not deserving of anything. I'm the person who walked away with an injury and I didn't even pursue money from her. I had a $900 uh, bill from my dentist. <laughs> I didn't even see for her to pay that. I just paid it, did what I had to do, and kept moving.
1: I don't even know. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't, I'm not on a Bravo show, but I mean, like, they call it, like, the Danielle Staub clause, because from New Jersey, Danielle Staub, way back in the day, allegedly sued one. I thought that there was a clause that, like, you couldn't come after a cast member, civilly, in the
0: contract. Um, it, in our contract, in so many ways, yeah, you cannot, because we hold harmless anything that happens on set so as long as cameras are around and present and we're working um we're all held harmless so no i mean we could literally die on set and nobody can sue bravo for it nobody can sue production or another person for it (laughs) so i'm like i don't even know why they tried it but what's interesting is her attorney said to my attorney verbatim we're going to sue her for millions and bravo is going to capture it all that's what he said. So clearly they were fine with watching this play out on TV. Maybe they wanted to see me go to jail. Maybe they wanted to see me have to pay her, uh, you know, a large sum of money. So maybe they were hoping to capture that on camera.
1: And you believe it when he said that? Like, Bravo knew this? and
0: Oh, yeah. I definitely believe they knew it. Because they did nothing to try to even help us come to terms and solve the issues so that we can move forward. No one, not one person tried to help us move past this on or off camera.
1: Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing... You guys, five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo liberties to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even getting into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist. Right. So, like off camera, they never stepped in, like Monique, don't counter Sue, make this like we, we this is a disaster. Just you didn't hear from anyone. Nothing. Wow. Right. Like you would think, as a valued employee on like a highly rated show, you were giving a lot to the public and they were gaining, they would, you know, try to make this go away or mitigate it somehow.
0: Yeah, I, you would think that. And I even asked, I was like, um, are y'all going to step in and talk to her or say something like, why is this turning illegal? This is crazy. And nothing, nothing. I honestly, looking back on it, I'm like, OK, they really did want to see this. They wanted to see this play out. They wanted as much drama as they could get out of it. And they really didn't care how it affects you personally, because we're not people to them. We're pawns in a game. You know, we're puppets on a string, and they want to capture whatever they can capture.
1: And that's where I think most house, so many housewives don't ever realize that. Cause like there is an expiration date. You're right. Like when they're done, they're done. Like there's the door. So, you know, you would think that like with, when all, you know, not on Potomac as much, cause there hasn't been that many cast changes, but everyone else, like the doors, it's a revolving door. So like you would think as an employee, you would say like, no, you are going to discard me. I'd, but everyone's so shocked when they get terminated. That's what is so shocking to me.
0: Look, I I went on and got my butt up out there before they can get rid of me first.
1: (laughs) Well, I talk about you on this show all the time because I have, I can't tell you how many ex-housewives, former housewives I have on the show. And I'm like, no shade. I have been fired from 8,000 jobs. I can go down the list and tell you all the jobs I've been fired from. (laughs) But when someone comes on my show, I'm just like, just, it's no big deal. It was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago. Just like, I'm giving you a chance to say that you got fired it's okay and I get an answer and then eventually I move on because I'm like I'm not gonna push you that hard I'm, but nobody will own up to it hardly anyone it's so shocking so, why, so
0: if I got fired I would just say yeah I was fired but I didn't and also what's interesting is when they called me to offer me back for season six I was on the phone and I was just quiet and they were like, are you excited? And I was like, I honestly thought y'all were going to fire me.
1: The wait is over. That's right. A season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels.
0: So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. (laughs) And they all started laughing like, what? No, no. I mean, I was like, well, I didn't know. So everything I've been doing has been the mindset of, they're probably going to fire me. They offered me back. They sent me my offer letter. I have all that documented. Y'all know I don't have a problem showing my receipts. Uh, but yeah, they offered me back for season six. Um, what, what they do is you have a contract that is for so many years, um, so they basically uh, they accept their their right to move forward with the next year. So they basically offered me back. and then a couple of days later is when I saw the third part of the reunion, and I was pissed. I was completely turned off for them to show me and my husband's live response that we went live on Instagram. And then for them not to show why we went live in the first place, which was because of what Candace said, where she actually admitted that there was a plot. I was just like, wow, why are y'all protecting the villains, the true villains? Why are y'all protecting them? And that's when I knew, I said, yeah, my time is done because there's no way I'm going to go back on this platform just so that they can do again to me in season six what they did to me in season five. Clearly, they have their heart set on who it is that they want to protect and shelter and tell this fake story and I'm no longer gonna participate. So I literally quit on Instagram Live after the third part of the reunion aired. At 10.31 p.m., I sent an email to all of the Bravo VPs and Truly Original, who is our production company, their VPs, and I said, thank you for this opportunity. I no longer wanna participate with this show. I'm asking to be released from my contract. They responded via email three weeks later. Saying okay, we release you. <laughs> I guess they thought I would change my mind, or maybe I was joking. Um, but yeah, they sent me an email three weeks later, um, acknowledging my email and then releasing me.
1: Wow did they Did you try to follow up in that three weeks of yeah. my-
0: I'm like, um, hello. Did you get my email? Or is somebody going to say something? And I end up having a call with uh, two VPs, and we talked and. You know, they were like, okay, well, I was like, well, this is, you know, this is my decision. They were a little confused because they were like, well, when we talked to you and offered you back for season six, you seemed happy. And I said, yeah, I was until I saw the third part of the reunion and I was completely turned off. Uh, My family will not be made a mockery of. So y'all can have it and I'm done.
1: What did they say to that when you specifically mentioned the third part of the reunion? Were they
0: They made it, oh, they said, well, the fans were on your side. It doesn't matter about the fans being on my side. What y'all tried to do was reckless and low down. And the fans being on my side was not something that they planned. That just so happened to be that way. You know, so don't try to take credit like you did something to make the fans like me more because that wasn't what the plan was. The fans saw through the BS and they were upset of how I was treated. So there's a huge difference.
1: Yeah, I think the fans being on your side was just had nothing to do with anyone at the parent company. I think that's just right. how it played out. So you and you really spent the whole season saying, "Oh, I'm going to be fired." And yeah. pretty
0: much, I thought after we were done, once the season wrapped, the way I was treated behind the scenes, even when it came down to doing press and promoting the next the, the season. Um, you would think after being quiet for almost a year, I would be allowed now that we can talk about it to talk about it. And it was like, I was just not even getting press opportunities. Uh, I was trying, uh, they tried to ban me from doing press. Uh, it was just craziness. And I was like the disrespect and just like, I just felt like they were treating me less than a human. Then you fast forward to reunion and they put me in the wrong hotel. I was just like, wait, what is going on here? So I just knew, I was like, oh, they, they must want to just be done with me. Their actions said everything that will make you feel they're done. And then you turn around and you offer me back. So I'm like, oh, okay, so this is how you think you're going to treat me? <laughs> no, no, ma'am, no, sir.
1: How frustrating is that? Like To sit around and write, like technically have them say, no, we're not approving this press or that press and just watch it play out and not really be able to do press and at least speak.
0: Yeah, I just did it anyway because it was frustrating because I felt as though I did my job. I did my part. I was quiet about all of this while y'all made a bunch of noise. And now that I can finally talk, you're not going to shut me up, you know, so I just did what I had to do. um, And I got reminded constantly, you know, you're supposed to get that approved. You're supposed to get that approved. Well, if I'm coming for approval and you're literally not approving hardly anything, then what's the point? I may as well I and, and my mindset was they're probably going to fire me so I'm just going to do what I want to do.
1: That makes sense. What is this whole cuz I mean I know this was a thing and you even said like wh- what is the hotel about? Like I don't get it. Like they didn't just why?
0: I think honestly looking back remember at the reunion Giselle had a security guard standing on stage. Um, yeah. I think that this was all a part of what they wanted to talk about at reunion almost like She's too dangerous to be at the hotel with us. You know, they probably were going to bring that up had I not found out the night before. So they would have totally had me screwed up. I think it's a lot of mental games that they try to play because imagine, imagine waking up on reunion day already knowing it's going to be a stressful long day. And then you're up at five in the morning, you're heading down. So you think you're heading downstairs to go to GLAM so that you can prepare and you're at the wrong hotel. And you don't even know which hotel you're supposed to be at. Nobody's going to answer their phone at five, six in the morning to to confirm like, oh, you're supposed to be here or there. It would have been complete confusion. I would have been late and I would have been pissed off. So now you got me pissed off. So now I'm on set and I'm getting hammered with question after question after question. You want me to explode. It was almost like they wanted to get this vicious reaction out of me. And they knew that that would be something that would tick me off. So I don't really know. That's just me kind of thinking about everything and how things went down. Um, But who knows? And it was just, to me, it was just very distasteful. It was low down. Um, You treat me like half a person. You had me at a hotel that smelled and it was definitely not not the caliber hotel I would ever stay in personally, or the caliber that Bravo and, and truly usually has talent stay. So it was just like, wow, why are you treating me like this? You know? Um, So thank God, God is good. And he looked out for me because I found out that night and was able to then get a hotel room after they tried to insist that the hotel was sold out. I got three rooms at the hotel where I should be staying and paid for it out of my own pocket and just did what I had to do. Got a good sleep and went and did the best job I could possibly do at the reunion and You know, just had to like brush it off my shoulder and deal with it later.
1: And you think it was literally like, let's put her there and so she'll wake up angry. You know, like it does. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of what they did with Nini, but worse. With Nini, with her last reunion, um, she was told to wear black specifically. So now can you imagine her sitting down and everybody has white on and she has black? That's going to paint a picture as if she did that intentionally. But she was told to wear black she had to leave and go put white on and thank God she had something white in her closet, you know? So it's like, they like to play these mental games with you to throw you off and to make you upset. So you're already sitting down, pissed off. And then you have to deal with a heavy reunion.
1: And it could be argued. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking that you would have been, you would have been late. Like they literally would have been filming and said, where's Monique. And I don't know at what point, but you would have walked in.
0: Yes. And that
1: would have been a thing now. We'd have a whole discussion about why you were late.
0: Oh, yeah. That would have been, yep, it would have been all of that. And then I'm already, I would be so disheveled and just like, it would have been very stressful. And then they had me on the edge in the dark. Like my lighting where I was sitting um, was just terrible. I could barely hear anybody from where I was sitting. So a lot of times when people were like, oh, she paid Candace dust when Candace was talking. I didn't even know she was talking. I couldn't hear her. (laughs) So sometimes I could hear like bits and pieces, but for the most part, I could barely hear what anybody was saying.
1: And if you think about it from a trailer point of view, they would say, and Monique may not show, I mean, there would have been an empty seat there for. Oh, man.
0: They would have played that up. They would have played that up. And then have the security guard when my husband comes out trying to paint a picture like, we're so aggressive, we can't be at the same hotel. Oh, they were trying to drum that up so bad.
1: I mean, do you think the security guard was like a Bravo thing? Or is it truly Giselle afraid for her?
0: Oh, that was all scripted. That was Bravo. That was the network. That was the production company. That was all of them because Andy literally said Giselle, you brought someone with you. Like, come on. That was so scripted. So scripted and nobody's allowed on our set. It was a closed set. And it was, um, you know, the whole COVID situation going on. Everybody got to wear a mask and be tested. So that means that security guard was tested and approved to be there. So that was all of them. That was a whole scripted little plot.
1: <laughs> and before you got these three rooms with your own money, like when you called what, Bravo, or they're like, you, we can't, it's sold out, sorry.
0: No, they try to act like, they try to play dumb. Oh, oh oh you didn't know oh yeah you you were supposed to be at this hotel but the rooms got sold out and when you left and we put a person in I'm like what are y'all talking about I was told this hotel from the very beginning I never heard the name of the hotel that we actually were staying in for the reunion never even heard it from anybody so I'm like that's complete BS (laughs) and then they said oh well, it's sold out then they oh well T'Challa can't come to this hotel I went right
1: to the hotel with my bird, checked in just fine. That's weird. With everything going on in the world and all the technology around us, I used to find it so hard to disconnect, turn my mind off, and relieve stress. Well, not anymore. Unidragons wooden puzzles have solved all of that. They are the highest quality puzzles. All the parts have their own unique shape They're not like your average puzzle, and in fact, they actually become collectible works of art. They're fabulous and memorable designs and images. They have animals too, tigers, wolves, pandas, unicorns, and so many others. These are not your average puzzle. Laser cutting is used so all the parts perfectly fit together and is such high quality. It's great for myself, but I've used it for so many gifts, for friends and family, unit dragons puzzles have changed my life. So listen, you guys need to head over to unidragon.com and use my code velvet ropes and you get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Just by listening to this podcast, head on over to unidragon.com. That's unidragon.com. Use my code velvet ropes and you get 10% off your first purchase. These puzzles are intellectual. They're high-end, they're stimulating They've changed my life. So you got to the reunion. And so when the reunion was over, like at 10 o'clock, by 1031, this email is sent. What is that? Like you're sitting there with Chris and you watch it. And is that conversation three minutes? Like Chris says, yes, yes, go. Or like, do you guys, or is it this whole, because so you, mean, you, you really went into the reunion, A, thinking you were going to be fired. But by that point, you already had your contract. You really thought you were coming back. I mean, you, you were going to yeah. sign.
0: Yeah. So the reunion, we filmed that in November. Um, So the last reunion aired December 27th. Um, I was in Florida with my family. Um, And that morning that I woke up, because we saw the the third part Saturday before, because they send the video. So I, I woke up Sunday. I thought about it. I said, yeah, I think I'm done. I didn't talk to anybody. I wrote up the email. I went outside with my family. And I read it to them. And I said, What do y'all think about that? And they all were just like, So you're quitting? I was like, Yeah, I'm done. And they were like, Well, okay. (laughs) That was that.
1: That's good. Like Chris didn't say, Come on, try to go back and change the narrative. He was
0: totally 100% on the same page as me. So
1: at least you realize that, though, that like the narrative, you know, probably would have been the same like you would have no well at least you would have no control over it that's for sure
0: yeah yeah i'm done being played like i have strings on me i'm, I'm not a fiddle <laughs> so i'm just i've met my limit and i was just like you know what whatever I'm. i'm good
1: right and again now you're on this short list of housewives that actually have resigned yeah i do believe yeah. you money i do Let me
0: go ahead and email you this screenshot
1: if you need me to. Oh, I know you have the receipts. (laughs) But, right. I mean, good for you for, you know, deciding that. What about before that, though? I mean, because it's, one could say even by just filming the reunion, you would have had enough. I mean, so what is that like? you know, like, cause Chris was there, like, cause I just want to put it like from his perspective for a minute and I'm not a sports guy. Trust me. I'm a self-respecting gay man. So I don't know anything about sports, (laughs) but I just can imagine, I mean, for you too, but like, especially Chris, like, like you said, you, you, this thing is out there now, now you're, you're filming this, which is months of having to deal with it. Then it's over. Then of course, there's a lawsuit, then the blogs, you know, the blogs are talking about this nonstop for God knows how long, then you have a premiere date, then it's COVID and that's pushed out. And then you have to basically sit there, yes, and not talk as the thing airs. That's like a year later. So here we are at the reunion and, you know, Chris comes and he's like, wait, I'm finally actually going to get to open my mouth and address this rumor, which, you know, is, could could, could have ruined a family. It's not. But think about a family that's not together that tightly. Sure. God only knows how that would have played out. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then Chris is kind of quieted. Like there was that moment with Andy and Chris is like, no, I don't think you understand. Like we don't care about the TV. Like this is like, yeah. we're going to speak. I'm paraphrasing. So how was that like for him and you just to be able to, you know, for him even to be able to speak up after like a year of just sitting yeah. around?
0: I mean, honestly, I didn't want to go to the reunion. I just wanted to be done. Like, I didn't want to show up. I just, I was completely just, like, over it. Um, but I'm contracted. I'm a full-time housewife. I was not about to pay any fine. <laughs> so I was I'm going to show up and I'm going to do the best job I can. And it was actually freeing for me and for my husband to be able to finally say what he needs to say. Um, the unfortunate thing was they just tried to shut him up every chance they could get. They were talking over him, they were, and then they wanted to label him aggressive. He was being so respectful. He's like, I just want to speak. And they're yelling and talking and, you know, saying all kind of crazy stuff to the point where I had to check them. Like, you're not gonna be talking to my husband like that. Um, but to be able to finally go and to be on the same page and voice everything we needed to voice, there's a reason that they didn't even bring up the rumor of the trainer on a reunion. If you think back, they didn't cover that. And they didn't cover the all cash trip. Why? Because they had nothing to really back up anything that they were saying. And it wasn't really something that they even needed to cover. It was just like, okay, well, whatever. Let's move on to more important things. Um, If it was that important to them with the whole rumor situation, then they would have made sure they discussed it. We talked about it, but it didn't even make air. So they had nothing, you know,
1: were you shocked, like, I guess, like, did you feel sitting there that Andy was biased and towards Candace and on her side, so to speak?
0: While I was sitting there, see, my mindset going into the reunion, I was laser focused. I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to say. And I knew what type of reunion I wanted to have. So I kind of tuned out all of the outside noise, you know? So when Andy was doing all of his questioning and, you know... All of the questions that were directed my way, I was just mentally prepared for it at the time because I knew it was going to be a very heavy reunion for me. So um, none of it bothered me in that moment because I was on adrenaline and I'm just like, I'm ready. Um, Watching it back, I was like, man, you took a lot of heat (laughs) and a lot more because they don't show everything, you know, a lot of other questions they asked. So, um, so yeah, I was just laser focused on what my intentions were for that day. And that was it.
1: What about like, cause I know Andy has said like, you know, well, we really had four hours and I, or I, I wish this was four, not four hours, but I wish this was four parts. Yeah. Would have seen it different, I mean, is that true? Like, do, or do you think Andy owes you an apology?
0: Um, whether he wants to apologize or not is up to him, but it wouldn't have shown him being biased <laughs> differently. I mean, he didn't ask her or anybody else questions to the extent that he asked me. Um, even when I was ripping Giselle's neck off, um, with the binder, he kind of softened her blow towards the end, you know? Um, so I feel as though everybody else was treated gently and with care, but with me, it was just like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you emotional? Why aren't you this? Why aren't you that? You know? And I'm just like, they could have shown awful parts. I mean, they showed 90 minutes for the last part. It wouldn't have changed how I was treated or how I was questioned. Um, throughout that whole day.
1: Would you, would you, if Andy did apologize, would you accept it?
0: I would have to hear the apology. <laughs> then I'll decide.
1: <laughs> Isn't it nice to just to be able to speak freely and actually say what you really feel now?
0: Yeah, I mean, I always do. I was just always a little guarded when it came to behind the scenes stuff. Um, you know, cause you don't want to take away from the entertainment perspective of the show. But at the point where they basically told how, the story how they wanted to tell it and then tried to silence me, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna talk. And as long as people keep asking me questions, I'm gonna answer them.
1: <laughs> who do you think is like the worst offender of being the opposite of you? Like you resigned, cause you've always said, if my family, you know, if this goes down with my family and it's dirty, I- I'm out. So you stuck by your word. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is the, like what we talked about earlier, like I will do anything for this show bring it on and I will will never leave unless they ask me to leave. Like I'll do anything to stay on this show for fame.
0: (laughs) Who's desperate like that. Oh, definitely. Giselle. Yeah. you think
1: out of everyone the worst.
0: Oh yeah, definitely her. And I think that's why she's loved so much by the network because they can get her to do whatever they want. They always like to have a tool. They like to have somebody that they can completely use and they can get you to do and say anything. And she's definitely that one person, no morals at all.
1: (laughs) Do you think she's like producers or, you know, the network's favorite because of that?
0: Um, Probably, probably. They like people they can use. Yeah. The people who are like strong-minded and, you know, you're like standing up for yourself, they can't control you. So they're like, oh, all right, yeah, let's find somebody else that we can control, you know, so...
1: And do you ever think because you were kind of that, like, you know, you can't control me, even in earlier seasons, do you think then that is your punishment? You know, like when something like this comes down?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. If you're not gonna give them what they want, they're gonna force you to. And if you don't necessarily need the money financially, if you don't need it, um, then they assume that you'll keep coming back so that you can vindicate yourself. So it's like, they will tear you down, they'll tear your character down, hoping and banking on the fact that you're going to come back so that you can feel as though you'll redeem yourself and show the fans and viewers, you know, I'm not to be hated and here I truly am, only for them to edit the episodes and do whatever they want again. So I, I wasn't falling for it.
1: <laughs> you're like, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: What about, you know, cause in a way, if I were Giselle, you know, like you, you do have your receipts and we're going to get into your YouTube in a second, you know, you have these receipts, but like, I mean, you, you quote a phone number. So like, it's not like you have fake receipts here. Like if I heard someone mention my phone number that this phone number is reaching out to someone else, I mean, you would think like, is there any part of you that would ever think like, maybe, maybe not today, tomorrow, but could you see Giselle ever coming to you and saying, okay, I hear a lot, so let's talk about what you know.
0: No, no, she doesn't wanna hear from me. (laughs) She knows I'll call her cards. Unlike some of those women, I'm not afraid of her, you know? Um, So it is what it is. Um, But those receipts, I I don't, see, I'm not a person that's gonna spread a lie. So I'm gonna back up anything I have to say. And with these women, they will just say anything. They will come up with anything but they have nothing to prove what they say. So I'm like, here's how I'm credible. Here's my receipts. Here's the phone number. Checkmate. (laughs) Uh,
1: Her face looked like, when you hear a phone number and it's a phone number that's real, you're like, oh wow.
0: She was stuck. She couldn't even lie her way out of it.
1: (laughs) Do you think she's gonna have the hardest season coming up? I mean, I know you don't care and you're not there, but in light of the way we ended,
0: I don't know. I don't think so because they always have a way of protecting her from taking those blows. Um, She should have had rough seasons before, you know? So who knows? Uh, I'm sure she'll probably have a new man. That's all. That's the only thing you can bank on her for every year is bringing around a different fella.
1: (laughs) And if she called you maybe in the future or even like apologized, is that even a, like is there any world in which Giselle could apologize to you and you would accept it?
0: No, I First of all, she would never apologize, number one. Um, and would I accept it? Absolutely not. I wouldn't think it would be genuine.
1: If you had a choice of patching things up with her or Candace, it sounds like you would prefer Candace.
0: <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't prefer either. <laughs> Those are two, they are the same people. They are the same type of people. It's so funny. They're very similar. Um, yeah, no. Just, I can't stand people that will just lie through their teeth. All for what? For, for a TV show? Uh-uh, I'm, I'm good. And the ones that are worse are the ones that actually smile on your face and act like they're your friend. So, yeah, both of them, they're just, ugh, I don't know.
1: Well, who smiled in your face and acted like they were your friend?
0: Oh, Candace, for sure. And just doing little stuff behind my back and just participating in conversations and adding to them, fueling them and then come and act like we're cool. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't like those type of people either.
1: What about, because when the contracts went out and you got yours, I mean, you know, in that interim, people were saying things like, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And Robin was not confirming that she was back. Like, <laughs> do you think like you resigning saved Robin's job?
0: that she was possibly not asked back or asked back as a friend. I don't honestly, I don't know how true that is. Um, but it was interesting that there was nothing said until uh, it was pretty much put out there that I quit. So who knows? Maybe I did save her job.
1: <laughs> and I don't know for real. I just know that everyone was announcing it. And then after that, she wasn't. And then you resigned. And like that is the order of this, how this happened. <laughs> what went on behind the scenes? So that's.
0: Yeah. I'd be interested to know. (laughs) Well, maybe
1: she should send you a bouquet of flowers or something.
0: You know, send me a thank you note.
1: (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Well, is there anything about this past season that you will remember it fondly now that it's over or just the fact that you've resigned and it's over?
0: I will remember me introducing Sachala to the world. (laughs) He's amazing. He's he's such a he's such a funny pet. I love that bird.
1: <laughs> okay, let's take a moment since you brought it up. Yeah. Um, he's the number one pet in Housewives history, as far <laughs> as I am concerned. I am literally obsessed with T'Challa. So Aww. how is T'Challa doing these days?
0: He's amazing. You can follow him on Instagram. He has his Instagram, T'Challa Samuels, but he's so good. He just he cracks me up. He literally acts like one of the kids. He knows when he's doing something he's not supposed to do. He will make me chase him all around the house, up and down steps because he knows when he's bad, I put him in his cage and he's cage free most of the day. Like he's always out unless we leave the house. And he even sleeps in my bathroom on a perch free, you know? So he knows when he's in trouble, he will have me chasing him all over the house. The kids think it's funny. Um, but yeah, T'Challa is great. He's He's just a funny bird. He's so cute.
1: And he does, he has quite a few Instagram followers. I think I looked the other day, it was like 19,000 or 25,000 <laughs> something. But he's doing pretty well. He is, he is. And to think they tr- try to tell you that he couldn't come to the reunion because the hotel wouldn't, no, un- unacceptable.
0: It was crazy because he was always supposed to be at the reunion, so they knew he was coming. And that was kind of little clues for me is because- I was like, well, wait, let me make sure that the hotel will allow T'Challa to come the day of, because if pets aren't allowed, that means I'm going to drive all the way up here with him and then he won't be able to come to, you know, come in on set. So something was off and I'm just glad I found out and got down to the bottom of it before the day of.
1: Yeah. Does T'Challa really like Karen? Is that just, is, does Karen <laughs> misunderstand T'Challa?
0: Yes. Yes, T'Challa loves her, and Karen, she finally, see, he doesn't go to everybody, so when he sat on her shoulder after the reunion was over, she took a picture with him, and it was just the cutest little moment. (laughs) I think he really loves her, and she just be side-eyeing him.
1: Well, she is the grand dame, so maybe he knows that, and he knows that, you know, he should get her stamp of approval. Right, right. (laughs) I like her little relationship. I take it you're not going to watch the show next season.
0: Who knows? I mean, if they mention my name and something, I might peek in and see what they're talking about. But I don't really anticipate it. Honestly, I haven't watched anything on Bravo since the reunion era, So I've literally not even turned to the channel.
1: <laughs> Did you watch? And you watched a lot of the other shows before.
0: Yeah. So I faithfully watch um, Atlanta Housewives and uh, Married to Medicine. Eventually, I'm going to binge watch and catch up. I saw the first episode of Atlanta, and I haven't seen anything since. Um, I just see with the pages that I follow um, when he posts little clips and things, little flashbacks. So I keep up that way, but I just haven't really had the time or the desire to watch TV.
1: Is it hard for you to watch it? You know, kind of like knowing how it's made, where you can say, like, that scene's a setup, or that's, you know.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. It is so hard to watch reality TV after having lived it, you know. So, cause you can't turn it off. It's like, oh, I bet this is what happened on this part. Or, you know, there's more to the story. They're not showing everything. Um, so yeah.
1: Is Who did you hear from, like, after you resigned, like from other franchises? Like people oh. supporting you and saying, you go girl.
0: Yes. Oh man, I heard from a lot of people. Definitely heard from Portia. Um, golly, I'm like, who else? Bronwyn reached out. Uh, Leanne Locken, um, Deandra. Uh, who else? Who else? It, it, definitely Dr. Simone from uh, Married to Medicine, and um, there was a lot of a lot of different people reached out to me and uh, just said they were proud or or happy or you know like, or are you sure you don't want to go? I mean, you sure you want to go? Why don't you stay? You know, I heard different mixed reactions, but.
1: I was going to say, is there someone who reached out who was like, what are you doing? You should stay. Like, this is housewives.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, Portia definitely didn't believe it at first. She was just like, what? No. <laughs> I said, girl, I said, I just, I, mm, I'm good. I'm good. She's like, you can do it. You're strong. You can do it. I was like, girl, I ain't as strong as you. I don't know. I can't. I'm done.
1: Is it hard to watch something like Atlanta, you know, cause I know you're so close with Portia. Like when you see like Kenya coming at her, like, is it hard to watch your friends like, go through it
0: yeah it's always difficult um but one thing I know about Portia she she is a pro at this she is so genuine she is unapologetically herself she's a true queen and I know she can handle the pressure and the heat you know so I don't I don't get worried uh when it comes to Portia because I know she can hold it down
1: what about because I know you did an interview where you said and I'm paraphrasing, something to the extent that, like, you felt, like, manipulated and let down by producers in the sense that, like, you know, there's other franchises of, like, an all-white cast, like, Real Housewives of New Jersey or Beverly Hills, where, like, there have been these altercations or physical altercations or almost, and it was just edited, you know, differently, you were explaining.
0: Oh, well, I was saying that I felt, I think that was in regards to the disclaimer that was put out at the reunion. And I was just like, wow, really a disclaimer? Really? Um, (laughs) it's just interesting because I remember watching Jersey, uh, with, uh, Danielle and, uh, Margaret. Yeah. And to me, that was almost worse than what I endured because Margaret didn't see it coming. I mean, she was completely caught off guard and yanked behind. And I was just like, whoa, when I saw that, I mean, I literally was like "Plunging!" like, whoa, that was, that was insane. And you can tell that it was such a real reaction afterwards. Margaret was in tears. She ended up leaving, you know, um, never heard about her pressing charges or anything like that even. Um, but yeah, there's been so many different situations that have happened. And I don't recall there ever being a disclaimer Um, I don't recall there ever being such scrutiny, like, like, we're the first people that have ever done anything like, you know, like, we're human, things happen. Um, It's about how you move forward after that. To me, that counts. Um, And there was no credit as far as I'm concerned, for how I handled the situation after the fact. So it's just interesting.
1: And do you think it was like you? Was it because it was you or do you think it was like, you know, more of like a race thing of like, because that's, that's the article I read where you said like the, I don't know if it was the editors, but like the people behind the scenes, like they were predominantly white and how they were. I
0: just feel like the treatment was different. Um, The treatment for me was just like, I don't know. I just felt like I was definitely treated with just total disregard, you know? Um, there was no care or concern about how I felt. Uh, So it just, I don't know. It just felt like the treatment was different. I felt as though with other people, they were able to be heard. Um, They were more so put into a position where they could speak their side and speak their mind without being judged so much. Um, It turned into this whole angry black woman narrative that I didn't like. And I never saw that narrative being put on anybody else. So whether it's race or not, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a dislike for me. <laughs> but I just noticed that there were several differences. And that disclaimer just put a bad taste in my mouth because I've never heard a disclaimer like that before. And if they were so bothered by the situation, they wouldn't have promoted it for 19 weeks. I mean, they literally used that trailer and that part of the uh, of the altercation to pull people in. For 19 weeks, they did it. So um, even more, you know, leading up to it. So if they were so... Uh, you know, upset by it, they wouldn't have even put it in the show. So they used it for gain. They used it to promote the show. They used it and it obviously didn't bother their sponsorships or anyone else that's pouring money into their pockets. Um, so it just, to me, it just seemed very fake.
1: And you're right. I mean, I didn't even think of it. The whole Margaret, Danielle thing with the ponytail, that's a good analogy. Because I mean, that was pretty physical. It's about as physical as it gets when you're, being dragged it backwards. Was,
0: it was also premeditated. It was like I mean, it was premeditated. Like you knew what you were walking over there to do. <laughs> like with our situation, it was like in the heat of the moment. Things were happening very fast, you know. Um so it just to me, I'm like I didn't come from my side of the table and walk around and then pursue her. You know, it was literally in the heat of the moment. We had an exchange Um, and, and it is what it is, but that is what bothered me the most about that situation is that it was literally premeditated. You walked over and and knew that you shouldn't. And you said, I, she said something like, I know I shouldn't, or I can't help myself or something like that. And walks over and knew this is what I'm about to do. I was like, wow.
1: (laughs) Right. And there's no trigger warning on that. At all. Yeah. What about, how do you feel about like people like Nini, like this whole boycott Bravo that Nini's going through? Like, are you shocked Nini's not on Atlanta anymore?
0: Um, I was actually shocked at her last season, how much they weren't showing her. So I'm watching and I'm just like, what is going on here? Are they trying to like exit her off the show? What's happening? Um, I was very much confused by it. I would even text her and say, hey, where are you this week? Like, what is going on? I know you were filming, so why am I not seeing you? Um so that was like the first sign because you know I I just feel like there's this way about how they um will show people or not show them and it's almost like they're trying to prepare the fans and viewers of the show to not see that person anymore you know I missed three episodes they didn't have me on for three episodes I still filmed you know so um so yeah it's, it, it was just very interesting and I just felt like um, the lead up to her leaving, uh, was definitely something that I feel as though maybe they intended, you know?
1: Right. Like, it's almost like if they think you're not going to come back, they start that the current season you're in.
0: Right. It's like, they need to ruin your character to a certain degree. Why not just let a person be free? Why do you got to tear them down on their way out the door? You know, like, I don't get that, you know? It's just it's just it just goes against what the whole purpose of dorm reality T V is for, is because you're trying to promote your brand and your platform. So why, you know, tear you down as you're exiting, whether it's by choice or not. Um, to me it just doesn't make sense. If anything, and that, you uplift the people that have been on your platform.
1: And that does align with like telling me to wear a black dress. And in a way, I mean it's kind of how they did things with Dorinda as well. I mean mm-hmm however you feel about Dorinda, they kind of took it to a level so that now that she's gone. What about, have you spoken to Nini since she's been off with all this other stuff she's going through now with Boycott Bravo?
0: Yeah, I've talked to Nini um, a couple of times. I haven't talked to her recently uh, as of late, but I, I get where she's coming from. It's a difficult situation to be in, especially when you know all that's going on behind the scenes and the people who are just watching, um, who are spectators, they really don't know all of the intricate details. And, and she's not in a situation where she can just put it all out there. You know, she has to do whatever she needs to do and listen to the advice of uh, whoever's representing her. But, um, you know, my heart goes out to Nini because it's a tough position to be um, in the space that we're in as it is. And then feeling like you have to like constantly fight and defend yourself. And you're not only fighting your cast, but now you're fighting production and the network. So it's a very uncomfortable position to be in.
1: And before we move into all your current projects, can someone ever come back from that? And like, this relates to you too, like, do you, like, have you ever heard from Bravo? I mean, you're not spending all day talking about this show. Like, you're not, you have a lot going on. Right. Kind enough to talk to me and yeah. people that want to talk to you and talk about this before we get to all the other exciting things. But, like, have you heard from Bravo? Because, right, like, you're free now. You can say whatever you want. It's a free country. And, like, are you ever scared? Like, you know, people say, well, Mimi should be scared. She's never going to work in this town again. The two situations are not exactly the same. But, like, can you come back from that? And are you, Have you heard from Bravo, like, Monique please stop speaking
0: no I haven't heard from them at all um in that regard um it was just funny to me when they had the uh this is us and they showed a little teaser of uh, a little snippet from our show uh they actually showed me and Wendy and then uh and then wrote me into their script (laughs) I I it's funny uh I got a kick out of it I didn't like it but at the same time I said you know what let me go ahead and use this as an opportunity for, to promote what i got going on <laughs> so i mean it is what it is um yeah i just i'm not uh, interested in doing anything in the scripted non-scripted world if an opportunity presents itself then i'll look at it but um it's not something that i'm just like on a mission for or eager to uh pursue so honestly if they try to put me in a position where I could never work in TV again. It really doesn't matter because I don't care.
1: (laughs) What about, you know, we're going to have a void on E! Sister Network. The Kardashians are going away. Would you ever do a keeping up with the Samuels? I mean, you have a bunch (laughs) of children. You have T'Challa, a famous husband who used to play ball. Like, come on. Like, that's, you're kind of like on paper. Perfect. Would you ever do something like that? I would
0: totally do a family show. Those were always my favorite moments of being on uh, RHOP was the moments where it was me, my husband and my kids. So, and, and we're pure comedy all day long. Like my kids are hilarious. We always have fun. Our house is always like nonstop. Um, so I would definitely be down for, you know, a family situation.
1: <laughs> Just saying. There is an opening. So talk to me about everything you have going on. Let's talk about Mila Eve Essentials. I know you mentioned that in the beginning. That's kind of blown up probably. I mean, did you ever expect this to become as big as it is?
0: I had no idea how fast and how much it would take off. And the funny thing about it is I took a poll on my Instagram to see how many of my followers had purchased Mila Eve. Only 14% that actually participated in that poll. Only 14% of the people actually bought Mila Eve. So I'm like, where are all these customers coming from? <laughs> so now I'm doing research to find out how people are finding Mila Eve and it's through not for lazy moms. So really. Yes, I started not for lazy moms to be that that middle person or that middle uh, uh, you know uh, website, so to speak. Between the everyday parent or whomever and the best of the best, whether it's a product, whether it's another blogger, whether it's whatever it is, I wanted Not For Lazy Moms to be the middleman. And it has proven that it works because a lot of my customers have come by way of NotForLazyMoms.com. So between that and the podcast um, that we have, which is also Not For Lazy Moms with Monique Samuels, it's been doing really good. So Mila Eve is growing. I have products that I'm releasing every month. We have so much in store. I have a skincare line that's going to be under the Mila Eve umbrella coming out called Flawless Skin. It's amazing. And I'm just really excited. People always ask me about my skin and the proper way to take care of it. And I'm happy that I'm going to be able to deliver a product that I'm actively using every day. And it's I think it's going to help a lot of people.
1: Well, maybe... In- your next reality show is gonna be an appearance on Shark Tank, perhaps.
0: You never know.
1: <laughs> I mean, if this you thing just know. keeps getting bigger, you know, perhaps you'll yeah. be looking to sell the company or take on an investor and or just sell the company and move on.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I actually I love it. I enjoy it. Packing the orders, it just makes me feel good because I feel like I'm filling a void. So you have people who are buying things for sleep or for stress. And it makes me feel good to know that when they get this package that they're going to have some type of relief come their way. So I'm happy to provide that.
1: It really covers like a variety of products. Like how, where did this idea come from? Like you just, one day.
0: The fans and the viewers of the show, they demanded me to have my own essential oils line. (laughs) And I I had no, um, I had no desire to start up an essential oils line. It was like, it's a lot of work, a lot of research, Um, but when people kept saying, we want to buy your oils, I said, okay, let me look into this. And I did, and I'm happy I did it. Um, one thing that I've learned is when you give the people what they want, those are the projects that are going to be successful. Sometimes we have our desire for what we want to give people, but you have to fulfill a need and people wanted top quality essential oils that they could depend on because our market right now is flooded with fragrances they're not essential oils and they are filled with chemicals so when you come to me you know you're getting top quality you know your products are going to be pure 100 percent pure chemical free um, so i'm happy to offer those things at a very affordable price um, and it's been it's been really good i'm really excited
1: do you just sit there like packing in your garage or in your extra room or i mean i know you <laughs> have a lot of rooms but you're just you're packing <laughs> yourself
0: i turned my basement into a distribution center so it is full of meal, eat everything down here. And every day I'm in there packing orders. I was up until 1130 last night packing orders and I do it myself. So this month alone, wow. I've had almost 400 orders and I've packed every last one of them. Wow! <laughs> and I really enjoy it. I really do. I, I turn on my opera music um, and I listen to a lot of classical and it just gets me in my rhythm and I just sit there and I just go to town getting them done. And my husband actually takes all the orders to UPS and drops them off to be shipped out.
1: It's a true family business.
0: Yes. My kids helping everything.
1: (laughs) Speaking of music you listen to, Drag Queens, such a good song. Oh, thank you. Yes. Who are your, like, if you could do a duet with anyone, like, who would you love? I mean, this is like in a dream world. You could pick anyone. Like, who would you want to do a duet with musically?
0: Busta Rhymes really I love Busta Rhymes I know pretty much every one of his songs verbatim um I love him he's an amazing talent and I would totally love to do a song with him <laughs> that would be a dream come true
1: that is I don't know who I was thinking but that's not who I was thinking you were gonna say <laughs> could we I mean any new music on the horizon
0: you know I I want to do another song um I'm just like slowly, just like, you know, in any time that I have that I can actually sit down and write a song with my, without my kids saying, mom, 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 that's those times that I'm looking for. So um, I will have more music down the road. Um, it's funny because I was telling you about Binder Time Stories, which was another thing that was basically inspired by fans and supporters demanding that they see the binder. And it's very musical. You'll listen to the songs in the background and, and just the, the songs that I, that I chose to back as I am uh, giving you these rhymes. And it's basically a riddle and it rhymes and it, it can literally be a song. <laughs> it's pretty It's pretty creative, it's really fun. Um, there's parts where it's very dramatic, it's funny. I mean, when you catch the little shade and things like that that I throw in there, you're gonna probably watch it like a few times back to back just to pick up on everything. And you'll be like, oh wait, I missed that. Let me go back and listen. And you'll learn something new every time you listen to it. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible.
1: This is going to be on your Tea with Monique YouTube channel. And it releases
0: on my YouTube channel, Tea with Monique. So I'm really excited. And I
1: saw the trailer. So there, yes, there's there's a little shade in there, the little teaser for Binder Time Stories. <laughs> yes. Well, obviously, yes, that was inspired by the binder. I mean, in addition to Tshala being, you know, probably the most iconic pet in Housewives history, that binder, I think, <laughs> has knocked every prop, if you will, out. That's, I think, the... <laughs> Were you shocked at just how much like fanfare existed around this binder?
0: I was. And mainly because I guess people didn't, I didn't realize people didn't notice about me. I've always used binders. Like that's literally how I keep organized. (laughs) So for me to create this binder took all of 10, 15 minutes, you know, just printing out stuff and just popping it in order. Um, but that's literally what I do. Like I have a binder for everything. If you look in my office, every house has a binder. Um, all the kids have one where we keep thousands of different things. Like, so that's just kind of like what I do all the time. So when people just were like getting a kick out of it, I was like, wow, something so natural for me, people are looking at, and it, it took on a life of its own that I didn't anticipate.
1: <laughs> so this huge binder, which I would have thought took you five to six weeks. Oh and- no. Oh pretty thick. That just, just took like out, 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, just printing out all the receipts I had, um, screenshots and everything else, printing them right from my phone, and then just popping them behind a the tab.
1: <laughs> who was the, who should have been the most afraid of the binder, that whole group? That? The one
0: who got it the bad, the worst. The one who got it the worst. Giselle? Oh, yeah. I had the most on her. And more. <laughs>
1: Well, this is behind the velvet rope, so I was going to say, tell us something that we, we don't know exists in that binder, because we did only see a few seconds, in you know, minutes, at best.
0: Oh, yeah, i got to watch Binder Time Stories, because that is where I literally reveal all. Really? Oh, yeah. And I say it's a fiction story based on true events, or inspired by true events. So you're going to get more than what you bargained for uh, in Binder Time Stories, <laughs> in and- a very fun way.
1: Nobody is safe.
0: Well, I wouldn't say nobody's safe because, you know, I love my girls, Karen and Ashley, so.
1: Is T'Challa going to make an appearance, perhaps, in Binder Time Stories?
0: You know, he, he is not. And the reason being, I did it outside when it was snowing. <laughs> so when, yeah. I, when I actually shot it, it was freezing. Um, I mean, ash was blowing in my face. When you see the video, I'm going to do a behind the scenes so people can see what really was going on. Oh my goodness. It was snowing mixed with rain and the wind was like blowing like crazy. It was so cold. Oh my God. It was crazy. But it was worth it.
1: And T'Challa doesn't like the cold.
0: No, no. He can't he can't be outside. He's he's uh his natural habitat is Africa. So he's used to being nice and warm and cozy.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you have this binder in a safe place because people want to get their hands on that binder.
0: Oh, I know. And trust me, it's, it's safe.
1: It's safe. You got to lock it away. Well, I saw the clip. Everyone needs to, it's, the clip was like, you had me. Like, I don't need to know anything else. I just saw the clip and I'm like, this is all I need to know. <laughs> anything else that we didn't cover, I have my own agenda. Like, what else would you like to talk about? Anything, any other new projects? I like to give people a chance. You could talk about anything you want at
0: the oh, end. Thank you. Yeah. So I just say to just visit my website, MoniqueSamuels.com. That's the best way to keep in touch with me and all of the projects that I have going on. I always kind of post them there. Um, Not for lazy moms. We have the podcast and the website. The community is growing. We're doing giveaways, all kinds of self care products. Things for new moms. Um, the podcast has turned into more not for lazy people than moms. We talk about everything. We do a whole series on generational wealth. Um, you know, teaching people how to balance their finances, estate planning, um, all kinds of topics that anyone can relate to. And then I have my Tiwa Monique YouTube channel, which is growing. Um, it's been really fun going uh, live every week with some of the best YouTubers and fan pages and bloggers. And it's been really amazing. So I'm just, you know, I'm living my best life and I'm just excited to be free.
1: (laughs) You're busy. These are my two final questions. One, just from one podcast host to the next, what do you love best? Like, do you love being a Do you love the podcasts? And what do you love about it?
0: I love, I, I could talk all day long. So I love podcasting and I love going live on YouTube. It is just so you. nice because one of my, like, one of my long-term goals is to be a talk show host or a co-host. So, um, just to have that presence and to be able to talk to the people and have fun is what I really enjoy.
1: Who would you, like, who are your talk, like, who would you mod- like, who's your talk show host, like ideal? Like who would you Like, who do you look up to to if you became a talk show host? Like, who would you pattern yourself on? I guess that's what I'm trying to say is I can't spit it out, apparently, at the end here.
0: I don't know if it would be one person I would pattern myself um, by, but I think, like, the, the type of talk show that I would love to be a part of would be that of the lines of the real. I love watching the natural conversations, the fun, the laughter, very laid back and just real hence their name. So that's the type of uh, atmosphere that I would love to have for a talk show.
1: Garcelle is doing a great job on there.
0: Yes, she's doing amazing. I'm happy to see um, a fellow housewife, even though I'm former, but I, th- I was very excited to see her have that position. That's amazing.
1: I love it. And yeah. finally, you know, now that you said you're happy to be free, you have all these projects, you're busy, busy, busy. Sorry to keep you for so long, but what advice would you give to... Well, two things. What advice would you give to someone that's thinking of joining the Housewives? And two, would you do it all over again, knowing what you know now?
0: (laughs) Um, The first piece of advice that I would give to anyone thinking about joining the Housewives is to make sure that you know yourself, stay true to yourself, and set your boundaries for where you will not cross and where you will not allow anyone to cross. And you'll be good to go, as long as you stick to it. Um, Would I ever do it all over again, knowing what I know now? Absolutely not. (laughs) I would probably just keep growing my Not For Lazy Moms brand one person at a time. Um, I appreciate the boost that it gave me and the exposure that it did, Um, but I probably would not do it because I just did not realize how much was involved when it comes to, um, you know, just manipulation and things like that behind the scenes and, you know, how they're able to craft a story based off of what actually happened. Um, so yeah, I probably would not do it again. But I am grateful for the opportunity and the fact that I went down the road and I feel as though I did turn out on the better end of uh, what it could have been, so.
1: You've come out the other side. Yes. I can't wait to see where all these ventures go. Well, you'll have to come back on. This has been really wonderful. Hopefully you. you didn't, I promise the next time you come on we don't have to go down this housewives lane again.
0: Oh, it's all good talking about it it's a part of my life so I'm always open (laughs) but thank you
1: you were so open and honest I really appreciate it where can everyone follow you just want to say your website one more time so everyone can find you
0: Uh, moniquesamuels.com you can follow me on instagram at mrs monique samuels and then on t with monique on youtube
1: amazing thank you so much I really appreciate this this was a lot of fun
0: awesome thank you so much I appreciate the opportunity
1: all right take care bye